It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host Chucky G and Miss Karen Frazier. Hi, Karen. Hey, How's it long going? time no speak. I know. Hi, Cheryl. You can say hi, hi. to Cheryl. How's it going? Good. Glad to be back. The ladies are in the house. We had time. an extra yes. week. We had an extra week off. Yes, we <laughs> accidentally. Did. <laughs> Did we reschedule that guest? I felt badly for whoever was our guest. Yeah, supposed I, to be our guest. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, we don't like to do that. That's for sure. I felt really bad. We did reschedule for, um, I think it was in May, because that's our first. Okay, weekend. I have to say something very important. Yes. Go. Happy birthday, Rob St. Helen. <gasps> Happy birthday, Happy Rob. Happy birthday. So that was nice. And to, it's my niece Amanda's birthday, too. Happy birthday, Amanda. Oh, happy birthday, Amanda. She probably doesn't listen to the show, I would bet. <laughs> oh, I take it back then. Never mind. <laughs> That's but it's awesome. just a shock that she happens to listen to this one. Happy yes, birthday, really. Amanda. Oh, my God. They said happy birthday to me. Oh, my God. There you go. I'm going to have to listen to the show every week now. That's right. This big celebrity said happy birthday to me. That's right, because we oh, pay the big bucks, folks. The big, big star. Uh-huh. That's right. Cheryl pays us big bucks. Uh, so anyways. I, I um, would if I could. I know. It's I'm okay. Sorry. So our guest this evening is Mr. Ray Hernandez, co-founder of the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, or they like to call it Free. I like that the way it's F-R-E. That's pretty good. But um, yeah, he, he, his entire family are experiencers. He's currently, this is interesting. He's currently employed as an estate tax attorney with the IRS, U.S. Department of Treasury. So could that mean I can ask him like tax questions while he's on the show? I think no? we need to be very careful what we say about how much Cheryl pays us. She does, we do not get paid for this, uh, Mr. Hernandez. Which is actually true. Um, <laughs> There is okay. not That's a time oh, yeah. that goes into making. They actually, they actually pay me. No, just kidding. Well, there is a time <laughs> making of the show. We pay. We have to pay Mixlr. Yeah. Well, maybe we could get the government to pay us. Let's talk to them about that. It's not flowing this way. It's flowing that way. <laughs> Man, they have the questions about my 1099. It's like I'm talking about UFOs tonight. Thank you very much. Well, the okay. subject is fascinating. I just have to say they've done a groundbreaking survey that has really uncovered some very interesting yeah, data. Interesting. Oh, I can't wait to get into There's it. There's all sorts of pie charts here, man. I mean, you know, have you ever seen an intelligently controlled I love a good pie chart. Man. I love a good pie chart. Not going to lie. <laughs> you like a good pie chart? I like a good I pie. I can't eat pie anymore. So, you know, the pie charts are all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you can live vicariously through the photo. There you go. Yeah, I got it. I can look at it and think, I remember pie. So there's um, is there something Karen that you want to speak about before we did the news of? Do the I train? have something on my mind? Is that yeah, what you're something asking? On mind something that's just rubbing you in the wrong way, like when you pet a cat the wrong way. Yes. Something? All right. Yes, yes, there is. So there is an article on Cracked.com that has been circulating on social media that somebody wrote about what you what you don't learn from TV shows about um, paranormal investigation. 
And one of the bullet points on this uh, article is that all psychics are insane. And that irks me because while there are some people who think they are psychic who are indeed insane, and there are some people who are psychic who say they're psychic who are scammers, not all psychics are insane, and it is terribly irresponsible to say that. There you go. I agree. I agree 100%. Though I am a little bit batshit crazy. Uh, not a lot. But, well, yeah. everybody's got a little cray-cray in them. I mean, that's... Yeah, I like to say that. You know, you gotta let the freak flag fly. Freak flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Funny. Man, I like that saying. Let your freak flag fly. There you go. Here's folks. the... Well, what, here's the thing, real, real issue yeah. is that yeah. that... It's, it's... For one, that is false. It's like <laughs> saying... You know, you get one, one or two, yes, bad plumbers, and you and you post an article that a hundred percent of bad pl uh, plumbers are bad. Or like one, maybe one plumber in your house one time has his ass cranking out, hang, <laughs> ass crack hanging out, right? And right. then it, all of a sudden it gets named plumber's crack. Is that really fair to every plumber? No. No, I've seen huh. guys working on their car with their ass cracks hanging out. Why can't it be called huh. a car working guy crack? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay wow this is way we're rolling tonight folks can't wait aren't you okay. glad we're back <laughs> yeah we're back <laughs> okay so cheryl would you like to roll the little <clears throat> intro please i would love to do so well i thank you darling just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder it's time for news of the strange <laughs> Well, I guess you really missed this stuff, didn't you guys? Because I got a couple interesting little things here for you, and it kind of them kind of kind of fit in with our what's that little tidbits? Yeah, something that will fit in you know with tonight a little bit too. So, all right, the first one is former RAF engineer, Royal Air Force engineer, MI5 paid people to fake crop circles to discredit the UFO research. See, it's sort of like what we were talking about. You know, like someone discredits it doesn't mean it's all fake, you know? A former RAF engineer has sensationally claimed MI5 paid hoaxers to create fake crop circles to discredit genuine UFO sightings as part of a men in black cover-up agenda. David Clayton, who is an expert on crop circles and animal mutations, both allegedly carried out by visiting aliens, told the UFO Truth Magazine International Annual Conference of a sinister plot by spooks to ensure the truth never gets out. Mr. Clayton told of seeing crop circles in the 80s that could not have been made by hoaxers and therefore must have been alien in origin because the plants within the circles had not been flattened by physical force but by heat. There are many UFO believers who claim some crop circles are what are left after a flying saucer lands in a field. Mr. Clayton admitted that the most crop circles that have been highlighted since the 1990s were fakes, but real ones have been found. He claimed British intelligence agencies were behind the bulk of the fake crop circles to make the genuine research seem ridiculous. So there you go. See, sort of like we were talking about, you know, you start saying one thing and I mean, what do you think about crop circles, Karen? What's your take on that? I think they're interesting. Um, there are some that I think are, are really fascinating, like the Arecibo message uh, fascinates me, although maybe the British intelligence faked that. Mm -hmm. um, so I do. I think that there are some that are interesting. I think that there are some that are probably hoaxes. Um, and I think that there are some that may or may not be hoaxes. I don't, you know, I don't know. I've seen, I've watched documentaries and stuff, but I haven't really looked into the phenomena deeply enough to be able to say What's going on there? Well, you know, we're going to check that off as we're going to ask Ray about that too while we got him tonight. We'll see if he has any. Oh, okay. okay. So, 
Uh, all right. So next one is, did an angel's voice lead rescuers to a crash? I thought this was kind of cool. So Tyler Meadows in one of the one of the four cops with the Spanish Fork Police Department in Spanish Fork, Utah, who were reportedly hearing a mysterious voice seemingly coming from a vehicle that had been found submerged in a frigid river last year, a voice that urgently implored them to help. When he and his fellow policemen reached the car, assuming that the police were coming from inside the vehicle, it quickly became clear that Lynn Grossbeck, the adult woman inside, had been deceased for quite some time. In the backseat, though, her 18-month-old daughter, Lily, was still alive but in critical condition. A miracle considering that she had been sitting in the partially submerged vehicle for about 14 hours. Lily survived the March 2015 accident, but to date there is no definite explanation regarding the source of the voice that reportedly said, help me. Tyler's opinion of the incident? Well, he believes it was an angel. And then you hear about this stuff all the time, and I really find it to be quite fascinating. Like, you know, car accidents where you they get, take a picture and you see, like, you know, that a, a form of an angel. And so, I, I mean, what, how, do you, how do you take that sort of thing? So there are lots of um, stories about um, dead parent, living kid in a car accident where the parent does something um, – even though they're dead, to draw attention to the child. Another one that I'm reminded of, and I think it might have been on like Unsolved Mysteries or something, was a lady where the car went down a ravine and she was killed, but her baby was alive. And um, the cops pulled over to the spot because they saw a woman lying naked along the side mm-hmm. of the road. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. Uh, it was it was that one where they had the photograph too, where it was like the. Uh, I don't remember. I just, I mean, I remember just kind of the bare bare yeah. bones of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but my point is, and so I I truly think that um, the love of a mother is unlike any other love, and mothers are very fierce and very protective. And I know that even after death, I would do anything to protect my child. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. So, good point. Yeah, I, I thought I, I love those kind of I, I love those uplifting stories, you know, because you see so much in the news and so much that's just not positive. I, I like I like when we we put a positive spin on things like this. All right, so and that was all from you know this year off from Phantoms and Monsters Pulse of the Paranormal, which is a great site you need to go to. Uh, this one also came from but also came from Express.com.uk by uh, John Austin. All right, I was abducted at a top secret U.S. military base. All right, a, a children's author claims to have been abducted by aliens at the notorious Area 51 military base and warned by the crew of a UFO that landed at UK paranormal hotspot Warminster that the world could end. Mike Oram, who has penned the kids' books The Strange World of Jim Hayes and The Zen of Ben, claims he and his wife, Fran, were taken when they visited the mysterious U.S. military top-secret base Area 51 in Nevada. Uh, Mr. Oram told the conference to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Warminster mass UFO sightings. He was so-called... Uh, he was a so-called alien contactee. In 1965, the Wiltshire County town made global headlines and became a destination for UFO hunters following a huge amount of sightings of flying saucers, lights, and eerie noises that stopped cars and killed birds. Mr. Oram, a speaker at the commemorative event, said, I have had contact since I was a child, and it still goes on. The Cockney claims to have had a space brother, an alien who watches over him like the so-called spirit guides, which psychic mediums claim to contact. He says he and his wife once saw an enormous UFO mothership on the board of Essex in London. But the musician and the musician and landscape gardener claimed the most terrifying experience they suffered was after visiting the outskirts of Area 51 in Nevada in 2004. 
Area 51 is the top, of course, secret U.S. military base where UFO conspiracists claim the authorities concealed evidence of aliens visiting Earth from the public. Mr. Orm said their ordeal began after they approached the edge of the top secret base and photographed it despite warning signals prohibiting this. They were then allegedly tailed by a truck which mysteriously disappeared in the desert if they thought it was shot, you know, if they thought someone shot at them and puncturing one of their tires. So... And that's another interesting uh, story just because it, it really does fit to what we're going to be talking about tonight with uh, alien contactees yeah. and uh, that kind of stuff. Or, um, but it was interesting because you look at one of the – I don't want to spoil too much, but one of the things they were talking about was um, most people don't think that alien contact is evil. Most of them think it's very positive, you know. So, I mean, not that there can't be – I mean, come on. There's bad people, humans. There should be bad aliens, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, – uh, you know, it's just interesting. You know, what'd say? I one would assume that uh, you know yes. any any. You know. Well, they could. They could have like you know an alien gang like the Warriors. Warriors come out to play. You know, one of those things. But with the aliens, or it could like be the West alien story. sharks and the jets. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> you know, with the little alien antennas going and everything. That would be. I I, I can see it now. There you go. Maybe it's something new. But, I mean, so that's the news for this week. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed delivering it. Well, I did. I did indeed. <laughs> you were speechless there for a moment. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I worked really hard on that. So, yeah, so I, I look forward to uh, talking with our guest this evening. Um, so, but before we talk to him, is there anything else you guys, like anything happening in your lives you want to talk about or chat about or anything? We have a little time before break. So, I mean, anything I new? Well, the Oregon Ghost Conference is coming up in a couple of weeks here on the first, in the first weekend in April. Yep. Uh, I urge people to go to it. It is going to be fantastic. There are lots of great speakers, um, great classes, and a lot of extra events too. You know, dance parties and uh, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. and it's like only five dollars to get in. Right? Only five dollars? Yeah, and classes are like only twelve dollars or something. Oh. And who are so who I'm are some of the speakers? Who are some of the speakers at this event, Karen? Um. Well, Katie Montana Jordan is speaking, oh, she's so cute. and she's talking about Ouija boards. Ouija boards. Um. I don't know. I'd have to pop up the speaker list. I'm talking about dream interpretation on Friday. Uh, nice. Michael White, our good friend Michael White, is talking. Um, oh gosh, uh, your friend, your buddy Jay, Jay Verberg is speaking. I don't know if he knows what he's speaking about, but we just let him talk because he's so darn entertaining. Usually, <laughs> usually something historical. Um, so all sorts of really, I mean, it, it's going to be fun. There's, there's speakers like every hour for three days and there are panels as well. Wow. There's psychic panels and haunted Haunted location panels and author panels and and well, just a little bit of this and a little they, bit of they that. Have like, do they have like tables where you can buy stuff too? And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a vendor to... area too, and there's many nice. many classes going on. And you know, like ghost hunting for kids. I think Rob is teaching a, a ghost hunting for kids uh, class. Oh, cool! Rob's camp. Yeah, so it's 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 a lot of fun. And um, Rob posted it. It's OregonGhostConference.com. You can go and there's a schedule there of all the speakers and all the extra events and all the classes and everything else. And um, I did get a little message from Kristen Gray, who is uh, one of the organizers of the conference, who, by the way, works for Tail Off, and she gets stuff done, man. 
anyway, and she, she sent me a message and said, so how many people would you be okay with having in your class? And do you mind having stadium seating or do you need a classroom? And so the point is the classes are filling up very quickly. A lot of people are pre-registering. So I would strongly nice. suggest that, that if you're interested in going and interested in registering for a class, that is something that you look at and do. Nice. Yeah, I went to the Mind, Body, and Spirit Expo, and that was really um, – it was cool to see all – like, it was – you know, I just thought it would be, like, one thing. Like, you know, just psychics. Or, it was, like, so diversified with people yeah. for health, and, you know, I mean, it was yeah. just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. because mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that was really cool that it was, like, you know – and you could, like um, – you know, get your aura pictures done. I did one of those, and you know, all these really different love things. I would to get my aura picture done. What's your aura look like? Uh, it's uh, actually. Um, hang on here. I think it's you're going to have to. We're on the radio. Nobody's uh, going to be able to see it. But it's okay. But I want to show it to you. But anyways, I'll okay. I'll describe it. So basically, it. it oh my it god! Was, it's you. Yeah, you're you Jerry Garcia. Look at that! I know it's like a it's like a afro on it's the top of my head. Good. But yeah, it's basically the top part uh, is green, and then down below where is all turquoise. That's all like. The turquoise and stuff uh, stands for powerful healing abilities, magnetic energy, and then all the green is like uh, being a teacher, you know, like connect, be able to connect to people uh, and teach. So, um, yeah, you know, the only thing that was um, was a little different was like across my, you know, my throat chakra or my mouth was kind of a brown where it's kind of like you know what you're doing, you know what you are, but you're still a little bit tentative of putting it out there. But she, the lady said, and she was cool because she's like a psychologist and all that stuff. So she said, just go ahead, put it out there. Um, you're going to be fine. You need to do this. But she says um, you're very sensitive. She goes, I can tell you're very sensitive um, because of the way uh, the, the black, I guess, shows like when you're shielding stuff, which I thought that was kind of cool. So, uh, But, yeah, that's what she said. Well, that was right across your groin then. Hello. Well, no, I don't want to shield that anymore. That's that's open for business. But anyways. Well, he's in on that's Chuck's a, groin, lady. That's a, that's a whole other show, folks. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, but it did. It was interesting that the green was like uh, for teaching and stuff, which is I'm trying to do that and get out there and do my events and stuff. So yeah, it was cool. I liked it. And then, you know, all the crystals and there was so much stuff. I just went insane. I couldn't buy anything. I now. would have loved it. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I know. I have something new. What? I'm a Reiki master now. Reiki master <laughs> slash teacher, also known oh, as Shinji. Do I have to bow now or call you like oh Sensei Fraser? That's right, know. Reverend Doctor Master. <laughs> My God, I'm gonna have to write this down. It's gonna be so long. I you know? know. I have a lot of certificates on my wall. I'm just Chucky G. That's all I can tell you. That's all I got. Okay. I have you know, something. Right. I have something totally exciting. This Saturday, I'm going to see Elton John. Chad you are. are. Chad Corey and I are going. Oh, I am jealous. I love that guy. Yeah. It's and did so you cool. go somewhere like? Dollywood or something recently too. Oh uh, well, no, we went to Memphis and we saw the Lakers. Oh, you went to Graceland. We, we oh, 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 oh. Well, first we saw the Lakers play the Memphis Grizzlies uh, because Kobe Bryant is retiring and the Lakers. Uh, well, Corey Corey's favorite player is Kobe Bryant and the Lakers are oh. our favorite team. But anyway, so that was the closest game um, that we could attend. And then we, the next day we went to Graceland. Look at and, that. You know, oh. the, he posted a bunch of pictures, and it wasn't nearly as hideously tacky as I thought it would be. It was awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, looked really some, amazing. Yeah, they had some cool spots to that house, man. That was really neat. Have you been there? I have never been there, oh, no. Just, uh, from my pictures? Yeah, it was Yeah, I lived cool. vicariously through you on that one. So. <laughs> but it was cool. I, I did. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I have to agree with Karen. I didn't think it would be so... I mean, it was a lot nicer than I thought it would be, you know? So. It wasn't, I wouldn't say tasteful. 
Well, yeah, it was like a mix. But it wasn't. It wasn't hideously tacky either. No. The ostentatious, no, I think, would be an appropriate yeah, word for I a think lot so. of it. I think mm-hmm. so too. That's cool. So yeah. I like it. So you got to see the Elvis Christmas. It was awesome. She yeah. was walking in Memphis. <laughs> did you get a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich no but if we could chad would have i'm sure did they have them there i, just, I thought they uh, like we didn't no i mean they probably did we just didn't come across it i we think fried to... sandwiches would be a good thing to do with sandwiches we went to a barbecue place <laughs> called pig which was really good i've actually heard of pig before have you okay well yes. there you go i well. can i can attest it was very good I can only assume it was like, you know, brisket. And- is it, yeah. So Memphis barbecue is, is it saucy or is it vinegar? No, Kansas City is vinegary and Memphis is saucy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I know Memphis. I don't know about Kansas City. It's, Kansas City <laughs> is vinegary barbecue. So there's, oh, look at that. Got the best barbecue in the world. Like, sorry. I, what, am I, what do I do for a living in the real life? I, I'm a food writer. In the real life? <laughs> you mean the real world? <laughs> In the real life. It is your real life, you silly woman. Look at Rob says, why, why is he? Oh, he said, Chucky's G is all about singing tonight. That's right. I'm singing. That's right. We could sing. We could sing for that's hours. Right. It's, I'm sure that's oh, exactly it's... what you want to hear is us singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could sing all sorts of uh, show tunes for you, Rob. No problem. But, you know. I was dancing earlier before the yeah. show. Yeah. I was doing a little of the. And Karen's doing like the little Vogue hand <laughs> thing. It's really awesome, man. That's pretty cool. So and I saw it. It's, it really happened. <laughs> it did happen. She is our witness. Well, um, I don't know. You think we should go to break so we can talk to you, Mr. Ray Hernandez? Yes. Oh, my God. Cheryl's <laughs> <laughs> so amped up tonight. Oh, okay. Hi, this is one of my favorite Stop topics. It's one of my is favorite he topics. All right. uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm a little unsure, <laughs> but, you know, we'll give it a try. All right, right. we'll go to break. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be talking to Ray Hernandez about UFO stuff. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. 
I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, me, Chucky G, and Karen Frazier, and the slightly wound up producer, Cheryl Knight. Um, so uh, we have a guest with us this evening, Mr. Ray Hernandez. Hi, Ray. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation. I'm looking forward you're, to it. You're most welcome. Yes, we're going to grill you, Ray. No, I'm just kidding you. We're just going <laughs> to sit. We're just going to sit. We're going to chit chat. So you're used to that, right? <laughs> and I was yes. told. And I was also told no tax questions tonight. Just about UFOs. So oh, we're you're just going to. Still not allowed. Okay. So, anyways, I, I, um, so, I'd be the last person these ETs were contacted. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. So, all right. Before we get into the uh, the experiences, the study finding, which I found just fascinating, all the different um, facets to it, um, you had just mentioned a break about some of your own personal experiences in a diary. You know, since you know, I mean, I like to, I always like to know, like when people come on the show with a subject, uh, why did you, why, why are you interested in the subject? How did you connect it to the subject? So I think that it would be a first statement to say if you could maybe go over. How you got first started with UFOs and the such, and then maybe a little bit about you know your own experiences. I think that'd be a good place to start. Okay, well, before um, March fourth of twenty twelve, uh, I had no conception at all of what uh, of, of the terms UFOs, ETs, the paranormal. You know, I had zero interest in these topics. Okay. And uh, it was never discussed in my household. Uh, we never read any of this literature, not, not even ancient aliens, nothing like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then um, one day uh, on a Saturday evening, we had a dog, Jack Russell Terrier, 16 years old, um, became uh, par- totally paralyzed. Uh, before then, we were keeping her alive with diuretics, with uh, Viagra for her heart. Um, she had very severe arthritis. She was walking like an old lady on crutches. 
And then um, on Saturday night, uh, she became totally paralyzed. We call our vet, uh, who's a friend of ours. His name is Phil Cruz. And uh, we explain uh, what happened to her. And he says, well, it seems like she had a stroke. And there's nothing we can do about it. We'll open up the office tomorrow if you'd like. You could, we could bring her in and, and do a ceremony and put her to sleep. So that's what we agreed upon. So my wife is a, a was a, a hardcore Catholic, mm-hmm. and she was up praying all night. And then on uh, Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, uh, uh, the dog woke us up because the only thing she could do was bark. So we checked her out, and we noticed that we, she was still totally paralyzed. So I went back to bed, and my wife carried her down the stairs. And when she got back to the bottom of the floor, what she saw was uh, what she described it as a little UFO craft. It was uh, two feet wide by three feet in height. It looked like an upside-down U. So then my wife... Uh, um, started praying. She knelt down and started praying. And she said, basically said, if you're a bad spirit, get the hell out. If you're a good spirit, stick around and help me with, with our dog, you know, uh, do something. You know? <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden these two green lights started blinking. And then my wife panicked a little bit, you know, she wasn't scared, but she was just like, you know, Ray, 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 you know, and um, I totally ignored it. It was Sunday morning. Then after like a minute or two of her, you know, yelling for me to come downstairs, she physically went up there and pulled me out of bed. And I was upset. This is Sunday morning. I needed my beauty rest. And uh, I didn't sleep well the night before. And um, so she hauled me out of bed. And, when I, uh, and so we both went down the stairs. And she was about two stairs, two steps in front of me. So... Um, she got to the, like the middle of the living room and I was right at the bottom of the stairs and all of a sudden she disappeared with the dog. Okay. And then immediately my head was turned to the left uh, corner, back corner of our living room, which is very, very dark, uh, the entire living room. Uh, and we, uh, and I, what I saw was a floating plasma uh, being. I call it a being because it controlled my mind. Um, it was roughly three feet wide by a foot and a half in height, rectangular shape, but it didn't have any outside edges because it was pure energy, pure plasma energy. Um, Semi-transparent, as I said before, multiple colors, swishing around of pure energy. And then I waved my hand at it and I said, ah, bullshit. This is what you got me up here for, for this? It, don't ask me why I said that. It was pure mind control. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was totally ignoring that my wife had just disappeared right in front of me. Right. So I walked right up the stairs, and uh, I went into bed, and I immediately was knocked out. Uh, roughly 45 minutes later, I woke up, and I was totally conscious. And then I, you know, I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And I ran down the stairs, and right where my wife had disappeared. She like reappeared again and she started celebrating and saying the angels cured her, the angels cured her, the angels cured her. And the dog was running around like a little puppy, you know, not like an old lady with arthritis, you know, <laughs> um, certainly not paralyzed. And, um, and, and at that point I, I just, uh, it was like an atom bomb uh, exploded in your brain or, you know, you got hit in the head by a two by four, you know, a yes. total mind meltdown. 
And then at that point, you know, I, it was massive confusion because my wife did not see the plasma energy being that I saw. I did not see that little UFO that she saw with the two blinking green lights. Uh, for her, um, she went down the stairs and right in the middle of the living room, she looked down and our dog was running around. And so she celebrated. Okay. And so, um, it wasn't until like six months later that someone told me of this concept called missing time. And that's exactly what she had. She was taken in the middle of our living room. She had 45 minutes of missing time, but uh, to her, it was like she had just looked down instantaneously and saw that our dog was uh, healthy again. And she started celebrating and she calls these beings uh, her angels because she was up praying all night for them. They did appear, might have been in the shape of a little UFO, but they did come and totally cure our dog. So to this day, she sees them as angels. So that was the very first of our many, many experiences uh, that I had, my wife had, and my daughter has had. And just to summarize some of the other experiences, uh, which most of the most of these major experiences occurred over a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, I called down a UFO craft after my wife had been seeing uh, numerous UFOs, very large UFOs, for about six months. There was also a period that she saw these two tall um, uh, beings, uh, human-looking beings. Uh, they were about eight to nine feet tall. They were dressed in white monk's robe that floated right in front of her um, for uh, about uh, several minutes and then totally disappeared. She's seen huge UFOs with her family subsequent to this experience. Um, one time there were eight members of her family that saw a huge craft descended from the sky while they were driving in two cars, beam down a blue light for about a minute or two, then descend the blue light and then take off. And so uh, in August, I um, playfully uh, called down a craft because I had seen a video from this guy, uh, uh, his name is Prophet Yahweh, and he would uh, call down these little specks of dust, uh, what it looked like, out, and, and he, he would film them. And I was waiting for a friend of mine to give me all of his parking tickets. He was gonna, I was gonna do a motion to consolidate. So I said, "Ah, what the hell?" Well, I'm waiting for him. Let me do what Prophet Yahweh did, you know. But it was like a joke. I wasn't serious, okay. Mm -hmm. And so then when I got into it, I got, I was very serious into it, you know. I was very. Uh, um, mindful of what I was doing. And so uh, it was like, oh, I want to see you, the beautiful angelic craft that my wife saw. She describes you as angels. You came down in the beautiful craft that she describes uh, uh, having uh, colors just like the stained glass windows of, an, of our church. Uh, you came and totally heal, healed our beloved nena, which means little girl in Spanish, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, and then for 15 minutes, I, I would turn around, uh, I mean, every every minute or two, I would turn around, look up in the sky all over the place, nothing. And after 15 minutes, I said to myself, I'm freaking going crazy. You know, this ET stuff has got me nuts. Here I am calling down a craft. And then, poof, what, what appeared was a huge, gigantic uh, craft the size of a football stadium, literally five feet from the roof of my neighbor's house. We're like 100 meters tall, 600 meters back. And... Uh, and then I heard a voice in my head. Daddy, you and mommy have seen UFOs. Next time you guys see a UFO, you call me. All right, daddy? Don't forget. Don't forget. 
Now, my daughter never said that, okay? But in my head, it was like, I got to go get my daughter. She needs to see this. So I ran, I yelled, and I out the window. My daughter opens up the window, and I tell her, run outside, there's a UFO out here. So now you have two people looking at it. Mm-hmm. Then about 15 minutes later, my friend comes, but he doesn't come alone. He comes with his wife and their 17-year-old daughter. And um, uh, he stayed for about maybe 15 minutes, and then he left. Um, and don't ask me why. It was all pre-programmed for him to leave because it was total mind control during this whole thing. And we don't have enough time to tell you the story of what took place. But, uh, um, but basically, uh, the way it ended was... I was still watching this craft with my daughter, and then uh, all of a sudden I felt like I was being attacked by thousands of mosquitoes. So after like smacking my legs and my hands, you know, for about a minute, I grabbed my daughter and I said, come on, Scott, let's get out of here. These mosquitoes are killing me. So we went inside, and then about a minute later, my daughter goes to me, Daddy, there were no mosquitoes outside. And it was like the hit me to snap this finger again, like similar to like when I was inside my bedroom. You know, I woke up. And I was fully conscious of what was taking place. Uh, same thing, you know, uh, I woke up and I was like, holy cow, what the hell just happened? You know, and I grabbed my video camera, my, uh, my, um, my recorder, video recorder, my, my, my camera, ran outside and nothing was completely gone. Wow. And, and there was a series of NDE events that happened, which again, strange uh, synchronicities. The way free was formed, our organization was uh, formed in a three-day period. Again, crazy synchronicities. Uh, so it, it's a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> well, uh, so so basically, I mean, you went from a total non-believer to like a a, a, a total believer. I mean, oh yeah, I, I was uh, what you can be what can be described as uh, an atheist material rationalist. Uh, I had no concept of spirituality uh, whatsoever. Um, I had zero belief in anything paranormal. I didn't believe in God or, you know, nothing at all. And uh, and, and this thing, as I say, was like a nuclear bomb exploded in my head. Mm -hmm. And then with these series of of near-death experiences, then in a four-month period, I was totally converted from from agnostic at best to, you know, a highly spiritual person. Right. That uh, it's not that I believe that mm-hmm. that we are eternal spirits. I know because of right. these experiences, and I know that these entities uh, created this for me because um, they had a mission for me. And uh, you cannot be uh, an atheist, material rationalist, and try to do what I'm doing. <laughs> so I think that they artificially created uh, these series of NDE near-death experience events. Um, so to totally change me, totally transform me. Yeah, you got what we like to call the universal two by four. The you know, you're gonna change and smack you upside the head. You're gonna change your life now. So tell oh me yeah, about, yeah, definitely. Tell us about the the series of near death experiences. Okay, well, immediately after I had that uh, that contact, uh, we were thirty feet from the ship. That's so I I, I could have gotten a rock and hit it. That's how close it was. And it was, uh, you guys in, in California somewhere. <laughs> well, if you're in Northern California, it's San Francisco Stadium, you know. If you're in Southern California, it's the Rose Bowl. Imagine having the Rose Bowl literally right on top of you. And um, so after that experience, uh, with, primarily most of the time with my daughter, 
she also had major changes, which we don't have enough time to, to go in, in there as well. But um, either that same night or the night before, I was led to an NDE video. I then that same night wound up ordering 40 books from Amazon just on near-death experiences. And for the next months, four months, all I did was to read books on near-death experiences. When I had finished those 40 or almost finished, I had like five books left, I would order 40 more, then 40 more, and then 40 more, like that. I did it for th uh, four months straight until these two dates, which I had no idea the consequences of, excuse me, three dates, the consequences of these three dates until like six months later, someone told me. Um, let me ask both of you a question. What would be the statistical probabilities of you going your entire life without talking to anyone else about near-death experiences? And then the first three people you ever talked to about near-death experiences, all of them told you about their NDE. The last one being your own father. So yeah, that's a pretty pretty high. I mean, pretty low statistical probability. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Because <laughs> correct. even if people have had them, most people are hesitant to talk about them. Yes. Correct. Uh, and also, um, um, I had never spoken to anyone about that. Mm -hmm. uh, they were the very first three people. So what had happened was that uh, after four months, uh, I became like an NDE expert, but I would, I would never talk to anybody about it. My wife was always telling me that I needed to go to a, a, a psychiatrist because I was, uh, that's all I did, 18 hours a day, you know, 12 hours a day on the weekdays. Um, I wouldn't do any of my other work. I wouldn't go out on the weekends. I wouldn't watch TV. Uh, now, we're not talking UFO books here or paranormal books here. We're just talking books just on NDEs. It was like that was my sole mission in life was to get through the next book. And she was always telling me that I'm going crazy, you know, that I, uh, I need to go get medical help. And so what happened was on these three dates, December 21st, which is a Friday, Saturday, December 22nd, Sunday, December 23rd. Those are the first three days that I mentioned NDEs to. The first one was my daughter's pediatrician. And the way it came out, it came out sort of like a channeled voice. Uh, while I was saying it, I was like, I couldn't control me saying those things. It was like another person inside my head was talking. And it went something like this. Uh, excuse me, and this is a, a, a doctor I never even knew. My wife always brought my daughter to the pediatrician. Uh, that day, uh, she had a low-grade fever for the second straight day. Uh, when we got to the doctor's office, the fever totally disappeared. She was perfectly normal, my daughter. And uh, I hadn't even met this doctor because my wife was uh, always brought her to, to that pediatrician. So um, here I am with this total stranger, and out of my mouth comes, and my daughter next to me, comes the statement, excuse me, doctor, have you ever heard of the term near-death experiences? I've just finished reading approximately 200 or 300 books on this topic, and um, it's a phenomenon that you need to know about. Uh, approximately 50 of those books were written by medical doctors such as yourself, and there are even several uh, books that were written by professors in medical schools here. So uh, it's a phenomenon that you need to be thoroughly familiar with. Right? And in my head, I was like, shut up, shut up. Why am I saying this? <laughs> you know? Yes. I'm, I'm going, yes. I'm going crazy, you know? And then the doctor's eyeballs pop out. You know, I said, oh my God, this woman now must think I'm nuts, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, excuse me, doctor, I apologize. I don't know why I said that. Uh, 
Now, this is all in Spanish, okay, the conversation, because she's from Colombia, okay? We're in Miami now, you know, we're like half of Miami speaks Spanish. And so, uh, and so uh, uh, she, she then says, uh, there's no need to apologize. Um, how did you know I had one? And uh, all of a sudden, just hit me with an on and bomb, like, boom, you know, wow. Like, um, and it, it, I still hadn't come to the realization that these ETs were, you know, were doing this, you know. <laughs> and so then she tells me about her extensive out-of-body experience. Uh, you know, she didn't have the tunnel or the light or going into heaven or anything like that. It was just uh, she saw the doctor, the nurse. She then floated to two walls uh, and went to the waiting room and, and heard the entire conversation and saw uh, her parents. Uh, and then she repeated that same conversation with my daughter and I. So uh, my daughter, as a matter of fact, has had three people that has had uh, NDEs, uh, 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 that people have spoken about their NDEs right in front of her. Three people. And my daughter's just 13 years old now. And... Um, so that was on a, on a Friday. Okay, the next day Saturday, church. This total um, stranger. My wife sat next to her um, uh, the the wife who's from Mexico, like she is. And so the man uh, just happened to be Cuban American, like I am, and, he, and he's a, a radiologist at a, one of the local hospitals. So again, I don't even know this guy, and I'm like, excuse me, sir, have you ever heard of the term near-death experiences? I just finished reading approximately 300 books on this topic, you know, blah, blah. And in my head, I was like, holy shit, I am. I'm, this is what they call schizophrenia, you know? And, yeah. um, and, and I, was, I was like, you know, totally dazed. Uh, and then his eyeballs pop out. And then he tells me, he says, Ray, I haven't spoken to, this, uh, to anyone, but last year my mother died in my arms. Uh, she was dead for about a half hour. I was giving her CPR for almost a half an hour, uh, n- n- not for a half an hour, until the, uh, the ambulance came for about 15 minutes, and then the ambulance came and took over doing the whole CPR. Um, and so what happened was when the mother was eventually resuscitated, she told him of, uh, of even what the paramedics looked like. She said it was like a six-foot-three uh, tall black, uh, ba- uh, football player came crushing through the door, followed by a short white woman with a blonde ponytail, uh, you were uh, uh, breathing inside my mouth. You were pounding my chest. You told me this. You told me that. You told me that. I said, Mom, but how do you know all these things? So I already told you I was floating above you. you know? And then she described that uh, while she was on, floating on top of the, uh, while they were putting her inside the ambulance, she got sucked up by like a vacuum cleaner. Um, and she went to the tunnel, the light, uh, presented to a deceased husband, and, and then presented to God, who then told her, you got to go back. You know, it's not your time. And then uh, I knew what was up there. I knew that these ETs had set this up. This is after the second event. Okay. So then I said to myself, well, I need to tell this to my father because uh, he's the world's biggest atheist. He's only been in church like two times and he's bedridden. You know, it's 80, was it, 83 years old back then. Um, he needs to know about this. So on the Sunday, Sunday night, uh, um, about seven o'clock or so, I went to my parents' house. And I said, come on, mom, we got to get pop dressed. Uh, I need to tell both of you something very, very important. So I didn't tell them about the ET stuff, you know, because that's just too crazy. But I did tell them what happened on Friday and what happened on Saturday with the near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. And so my father waves his hand and goes, ah, that happened to me. I said, what? You know? And then he told me when he had quadruple heart bypass, uh, he floated out of his body. Um, he got, uh, all of a sudden taken into a tunnel, was floating at a thousand miles an hour. Um, 
he saw a little light, light got bigger, 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 then a huge explosion of light. And then the light dissipated, and there waiting for him was his father, his mother, and his deceased uh, brother. They then uh, embraced spiritually. They presented him to, uh, to God, or an entity that he identified as God. Then God gave him uh, a life review. I don't know if, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the near-death experience. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and he had an extensive life review. Um, after he told me that he was presented to God, he points his finger up, up, uh, up, and he says, up there, he says, time doesn't exist. I said, what do you mean time doesn't exist? He says, I was up there at least 20 to 30 years. He says, well, what do you mean 20 or 30 years? He says, that's how long it took God to show me all the good things I had done in my life and all the bad things. And he not only showed it to me from my own brain, but from the brain of the other person that I had affected. And then uh, he said he would always teach me lessons after each event. And he would say, what did you learn from this son? And so then he said that God, uh, there is no hell. He said, there is no hell. That uh, God is pure love and education that he, uh, he's there to teach us, and we're here to learn. And he says that, um, uh, so don't be afraid of any hell, because it doesn't exist. So then I tried to ask him questions about the type of teachings that he was given or the different uh, life uh, review events. And then he says, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it. You know. And I pressured him a little more, and he just shut up. He didn't want to talk about it. So then I turned to my mother. I said, Mom, I said, uh, you never told me about this. Have you ever heard this so far? And she said, we've only spoken about it once. And that was when he was uh, getting out of the emergency room, out of, the, uh, out of surgery, that he was insistent on telling her. And she was telling him, no, no, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. He said, no, 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 I got to tell you, got to tell you, got to tell you. So okay, you know. And so the, he told her that event. And my mother uh, then responded, said, look, it's a dream, you know. Go back to sleep now. You just came out of major surgery. Go back to sleep. And so she never thought about it until I brought it up, and he brought it up again. And, uh, but she did validate that, uh, that he had that experience. So on my way home, I basically looked up the sky, and I, uh, and I told these, uh, our creator, which now I firmly believe that there is a universal creator, and uh, these entities that work with me, who I uh, now agree with my wife, that they can be considered uh, modern angels. And I looked up uh, and I said to both of them, I said, I congratulate you. In a four-month period, you have managed to totally transform an atheist material rationalist and someone that has a knowing, not a belief, but a knowing that we are eternal spiritual beings and that there indeed is a universal creator. So uh, I thank you very much. And to this day, um, I still have that, uh, that knowing. It's not a belief. It's, it's, it's a knowing. No, I get it. Hey, so Ray, we need to go to break. Um, but this is a fascinating conversation and we have so many directions we can go when we get back from break. So uh, everybody listening, stick around. We are going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. It's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. 
I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Hello, this is Nolan Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Good job, guys. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host, Karen Frazier, and me, Chucky Jean. Karen's shooting me with her fingers. Thanks very much. Um, finger guns. Oh, it's a, it's a go, 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 go. And we're talking with... Our wonderful guest for this evening, Ray Hernandez, co-founder of the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, or and as I they like to call it, free. That, that the two-hour show is not going to be enough. Uh, no. So, okay. So during break, we were uh, Ray was explaining to us how free got started and everything. But uh, so I just and it was. Would you say it was a three-day period, Ray? Is that what you said? Yes, yeah, a three-day period. Okay. All right. So we're we're gonna move forward because you know we want to get some of this other stuff in. So. We're, we're moving forward in, in time There's zone There's so much here. juicy stuff here that, again, do, do, we just do, don't do, have time. Do, do, do. No, I know. So, we're, all right, we're there. Free has been created. We are now Sam's going to talk about the pie charts. Here we go. Okay, oh. so, the fir- <laughs> so the first one, so the first one that I found interesting, of course, which is, I, I, I mean, it's very believable. Well, before we, is, before um, we get into the pie charts, can we lay the foundation so that our listeners know what pie charts are the result of? Okay, yes. Let, let me give okay. a very brief introduction. Um, the, uh, the foundation, as uh, we were talking off the break, uh, was, uh, began in a three-day period. We, uh, and these three individuals, together with myself, uh, interacted with each other uh, w- without me reaching out to any of them. Um, uh, this is Mary Rodwell from Australia. She's one of the world's leading researchers uh, of individuals that have had UFO-related contact experiences. Uh, over a 30, 30-year period, she's worked with over 3,000 experiencers. Uh, the other co-founder is Dr. Rudy Shields, who is now a 75-year-old emeritus professor of astrophysics 
at Harvard University, and he was a very close uh, friend of Dr. John Mack at Harvard, um, the, the famous uh, uh, medical doctor who wrote uh, several of the pioneering books on abductions. And um, uh, he was the one that instructed John Mack on the topic of physics and consciousness, um, you know, multiple universes, uh, that sort of thing. And then Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who really needs no, no introduction. Uh, Dr. Uh, Edgar Mitchell is also one of the co-founders of FREE. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about what the organization is all about. Uh, um, our organization, the, the, the main mission of it is to inform humanity that there are various uh, ways of piercing the veil where humans can contact non-human intelligence that um, these different uh, modalities have been studied separately uh, by humanity. Uh, for example, near-death experiences, they've been studied separately and independently of UFO contact. Um, NDEs have been studied separately from remote viewing, from channeling, from mystical meditation, from uh, shamanic journeys. For example, uh, the people that take ayahuasca and have uh, uh, contact with non-human intelligence. Um, so um, there are many ways of piercing the veil, but they've been looked at uh, as uh, independent of each other. Our organization takes the counter perspective that they are all integrated, uh, interrelated, and that um, what can begin to explain it is advanced quantum physics. Um, one of the theories that Edgar and Rudy are adherents of is the quantum hologram theory of consciousness. And this is an advanced physics uh, um, uh, theory uh, laid out in numerous academic uh, journals and papers uh, of, that the true nature of our reality in, indeed is a quantum hologram um, spread out in a multiverse, that we live in multiple universes. And... Um, and then again, that that um, that uh, telepathy is being is taking place through uh, zero point energy uh, transmissions. Uh, Rudy also has a theory that black holes are actually the center of what we now know as the Akashic records, because black holes are actually information storage devices. And oh, um, so I hadn't heard that one before. That's a fascinating. Theory. Yeah, well, Rudy had a, uh, an intellectual war with Sir Stephen Hawking, who um, uh, is primarily known as the, the person that established uh, most of the major theories on black holes. Yes. Uh, Rudy said that Hawking was completely wrong as to what is the true nature of a black hole. Um, and two years ago, Hawking publicly admitted that he had been wrong for over the last 30 years on what is a black hole. Um, and now Rudy's version is the version that's now universally accepted. And uh, these black holes were thought to uh, suck up information and matter, and it would go through some other dimension, who knows where, uh, but just sucking these things up. Now we know that it's like a hard drive. It layers information on top of each other. Um, um, it gets much, more, much, much, much more complicated than that. And again, I'm not a physicist. But uh, from what Rudy tells me in all of his theories and in our numerous conversations is that it operates uh, like a hard drive. It stores information. And, and Edgar uh, is known for working with several physicists from Stanford on the physics of zero-point energy field, which can be described as the physics that describe telepathy, which is the movement of information uh, back and forth uh, 
beyond the, the speed of light. And so that's why they were working very closely together. So free is there to, to tell the world that all of these contact modalities are indeed interrelated, that there is some advanced uh, physics, which we are calling consciousness, which is the glue that's holding it together. And we want to do comparative studies of experiencers of these different contact phenomena. For example, how do you compare the experiences of someone who's had UFO-related contact and someone that's had near-death experiences? Okay, which is what we're starting to do now. The problem was that there are tons of studies on near-death experiences, lots of academic research studies. But when it came to UFO-related contact, there was zippo, zero. Uh, there were only very few small studies on abductions. Uh, but again, these were, you know, were not uh, almost useless to the point because they had a tiny sample pool. They only had like 50 people a hundred at most, the, the focus topic areas uh, primarily was on whether we were crazy or not. Uh, Dr. Leo Sprinkle, who's on our board, uh, he did a lot of these early studies. It was basically, he administered the psychological profile test to determine whether UFO-related contact experiences were nuts or not. And what he determined was, no, they're just as uh, normal or just as crazy <laughs> as the regular uh, you know, society. So, um, and there, as I said, numerous problems with uh, these other studies. Also, these other studies just focused on abductions. And we now know that uh, UFO-related contact, that abductions are just one-third of the type of people that are having these experiences. And also, uh, it was not widely disseminated, uh, these studies. These studies were, uh, uh, hey, John, do you know of anyone... The, uh, uh, that you're working with that might take a survey. Yeah, sure, I know like four new people. And, and that's how this information was reached out. Uh, we in turn reached out to uh, thousands of organizations around the world. We posted it on a monthly basis over in over 500 Facebook sites. We hit up not only people that were interested in ufology, but also you know New Age, uh, CE5, the paranormal, uh, people that were uh, that have had uh, possible contact experiences, but that might not be interested in ufology or saw their experiences as a as a UFO related uh, phenomena. But again, our study is uh, the way we're approaching it is that you have to have had seen a UFO, and have to have had contact with a non human intelligence. And we've so far uh, we've had in the English language because we're running it in multiple languages. In the English language, we have had over 2,500 individuals that have taken our surveys. So this uh, really is the first ever uh, academic research study of individuals uh, that have had UFO-related contact experiences. And this is a comprehensive study because we're asking 600 questions. We're asking it in two quantitative surveys and in two qualitative research instruments, the last being a formal interview. And, uh, and the findings that we've gotten are totally shocking, which is uh, going to uh, totally rock uh, this field uh, because uh, what people are talking about on the Internet and all these major conferences, uh, what we're, what our findings runs totally counter to what a lot of these people are saying. Okay. Well, okay, and what do you mean by that exactly? I'm trying to understand what that is. Well, well, well uh, on, on numerous, numerous topic areas, as I said before, we, 
uh, first of all, our, our study, we have five PhDs in our study, uh, uh, several, all of them retired academics. The mm-hmm. chair of our research study, we have two, two co-chairs. One is Dr. John Klimo, who's um, uh, known as one of the world's leading academics on the paranormal. Uh, his most famous book is a book on channeling, an academic book on channeling. And he's also written several academic books on, on the death process. Uh, he's written books on, on all aspects of the paranormal, on ETs, on remote viewing, you name it. He's written articles on. And he uh, has taught research methodology for over 40 years. So he's okay. one of our co-chairs. The other one is uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Bob Davis, who is a, a neuroscientist, a professor of neuroscience, a brain specialist. And um, we don't have enough time how he got into this crazy field, you know, but... Uh, but he's also our other co-chair. And again, he's a retired uh, professor of over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of where uh, our study has uh, deviated from what is commonly known out there, um, numerous thematic topic areas. One is um, that uh, the vast majority of these individuals are seeing their experiences as, as, as positive. As a matter of fact, very positive. And if you'd like, I could go over um, some of those questions, uh, just, uh, to address that first particular topic area, if you don't mind. Sure. sure. Okay. Um, in phase, uh, phase two, we asked, uh, and in phase one, we asked how many people have seen UFOs. And so in, in phase one, we had over a thousand, two hundred people that have seen UFOs. So in, in, in phase two, we asked, uh, 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 much more extended questions. So we asked this question, did you ever have any type of contact with uh, uh, a non-human intelligence where you saw the, uh, the e- we use ET, we defined ET in the beginning of the survey as a non-human intelligent being, no matter where they come from. You know, they could be extraterrestrial, ultra-terrestrial, interdimensional. Um, so that's how we, we use that T as an abbreviation. So it doesn't necessarily mean extraterrestrial. So we asked this question, did you ever have any type of contact with an ET where you saw the ET physically here on Earth in a perceived 3D physical reality? Okay. And so uh, out of those, 1,100 individuals answered that question, and 650 people have physically seen uh, this ET right in front of them. Okay. Mm. Now... uh, we then described what type of, uh, of ET it was. And then uh, what we found out that uh, the vast majority of ET that people are seeing are the human looking being. That's also um, not what is being perceived by, by the internet and audience members, because they're always talking about the greys, the greys, the reptilians, the greys, the reptilians. Well, the reptilians are actually one of the smallest categories of what people are seeing, only uh, 15% are reptilians. The greys, uh, the number one category is human-looking beings. Just, they look just like you and I. Now, the difference is in height. Okay. And then um, over 50... Wait, almost can, 50 I, can, per- I, can yes. I ask a follow-up about the height? Are they yes. taller or are they shorter? We get all ranges. We get from normal size uh, to... Um, um, uh, the normal range that we, we, well, we're hearing from experiences are is normal size, like seven feet tall. Now, there's uh, others that then go even up to 15 feet tall, but that's a much more smaller percentage of the ones that describe humans. So we're talking normal height to like seven to eight feet tall. 
So and again, human, these are not just the blonde, the Palladian types. These are all types of, of human-looking beings that they're seeing. So is there a category of them that are super tall and, like, they look human, but they're elongated? Like, they have long limbs, long arms, and long legs? Okay, well, that's going to come in the interview phase because, um, you know, okay. we, we could have thousands and thousands and thousands of questions. And, sure. um, and we, we didn't want to burn these people out, you know, with so many questions. We, we've had <laughs> uh, three surveys now that we're in the middle of survey three, which are open-ended questions. So it allows the person, for example, one of those questions that we ask is for them to describe in detail what they look like. So, okay. you know, we do have many of those people already in writing that have told us what they look like. But in phase four, uh, we have a member of our team who is an artist that for 20 years has been accumulating uh, our drawings of different types of beings. And he's assembled for us uh, almost 500 different drawings. So we, if someone says, says, for example, okay, so it's one of these small grays, he'll have like 50 of these different pictures or drawings of these small grays. So was it non-gray number one, small gray number two, small gray number three, okay? Uh, because they're described in different colors, uh, different facial features, their hands are different, that sort of thing. So uh, we'll have all of that, you know, ready for the interview phase. Now, okay. let me go over uh, some of these questions in terms of the categories of positive, negative, or neutral, or both, okay? If you could stop contact experiences, would you, okay? Uh, only 16% said no, that, that, that they would stop oh. them, okay? 84% said, keep them going, baby, keep them going, okay? Um, we also asked this question, do you believe ETs in general are bad, malevolent, or evil? Only 9.4% said yes. Okay? The vast majority said no, they're not bad, malevolent, eagle, evil. 91% said no. Did your contact experiences change your life in a negative or a positive way? Okay? And so these were the, the possible responses. Mm -hmm. Let me start with the most negative. With highly negative effect on changing my life. And that was four percent. Slightly negative effect on changing my life. Six point seven percent. It was a neutral. Twelve point three percent. Slightly positive effect on changing my life. Twenty two point nine percent. Highly positive effect in changing my life. Fifty percent. Wow. Okay. So this is that was being perceived out there and discussed out there because as I said before what you have is a thousand different books written by a thousand different people on their ET contact experiences mm -hmm. the other people who go to these lectures and talk about this phenomenon the vast majority they get people that walk through their door okay like, like for example like David Jacobs his last book was based upon eight individuals you know this book on hybrids and so they go to these lectures and, and tell them about these eight people, uh, thinking that this is a scientific research study. It wasn't. It was eight people who came through the door that talked about their experiences. Right. Or you know, people who we picked and choose, uh, you know, to tell their stories, okay? So, it, it, uh, you know, these are not scientific studies, okay? Right. Uh, for us, we had no idea who was coming through the door. As a matter of fact, everyone here is anonymous, completely anonymous, okay? Mm -hmm. um, well, now... The next question we have is, how would you characterize your first few initial uh, ET contact experiences? Uh, what were your initial beliefs? And then we asked that same question, 
and we ask that question is, uh, uh, what are your last few ET contact experiences? How are you, are your, uh, what are your beliefs now? Now, um, let me talk about what are your beliefs now. Um, and the first question, um, there, there, was a, a, um, uh, there was a big uh, change from the first question to what their beliefs now. Now, um, let me go over the different categories, okay? What are your beliefs now? And, uh, and these are the people that, have been, uh, that were taken or have been abducted, which were uh, 631 people that answered this question. It was a case of abduction of the most negative kind. That was 8.2%. It was a case of abduction, but a milder kind, a slightly more caring kind, 12.7%. It was still a case of abduction, but we're seeking permission, more humane, compassionate treatment, 8.4%. You are not an abductee, but a contactee, where you are being treated with respect and understanding, 36.3%. It was a case of being a conscious contactee, an egalitarian, an equal relationship, 34.4%. So as you can see, the vast majority of these cases are being perceived as extremely positive. Uh, mm -hmm. The abduction of the most negative kind was only 8.24%. Uh -huh. okay. Yet those are the ones that get the most attention. That, that's, see, that, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, that's what's circulating on the internet. That's what's circulating right. on these radio shows. That's what's circulating at these yeah. conferences. But yet, well, that's not the, the reality. Whole, if it leads, it leads thing. You know that people yeah. people tend to it, people dig hearing about other people's negative experiences for some reason. And that's what sells. It's what sells movies. It yeah. sells yeah, books. It sells. Yep. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a there's a question in chat from uh, Bob. Uh, he wanted he wanted to ask you. Uh, several astronauts have openly mentioned the existence of aliens, including Scott Kelly, who just spent a year in space. Do you think the leaking of this information is government approved, or because they feel they need to speak up? Well, uh, Edgar told me that there were many um, astronauts and cosmonauts that had contact experience in space. Mm -hmm. He told me that he was not the only one. Um, uh, Edgar, I mean, Edgar was still a guarded person. Uh, he did not give me the details. He sort of insinuated some of these experiences. Uh, um, I know that what he told me, which is already published, which is several cosmonauts, had numerous paranormal experiences out in space, which he already had detailed. Um, these were past life type of experiences, you know, going back and reliving mm -hmm. their past lives. Um, uh, precognition. Uh, having precognition skills and these events turning out to, to be true, um, communication with direct human intelligence. Um, so Ed, uh, Edgar did not reveal the name of these cosmonauts, but he did speak about that. He also spoke about other uh, astronauts having, uh, having had contact experiences, downloads in space, mm -hmm. but he didn't mention any names. So, um, um, you know, too bad that Edgar you know, before he passed away, did not go more into these details. But Edgar, even though he was, um, you know, a bold person that was one of the very few astronauts that publicly stated that ETs are real, that were being visited, um, UFOs are real, obviously, um, he still, you know, has had uh, uh, that mindset 
that there's a certain bridge that you just can't cross over when you're dealing with um, specific names, specific individuals. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I, um, yeah. Uh, well, I found interesting about your study, you know, because you know we, we talk about UFOs and ETs, and you know most people think ETs just extraterrestrials like aliens and such. But you touched on the fact that you guys did a broader study than that. Uh, one of the one of the uh, pie charts you guys did that I found interesting was: um, Do you believe that there is a connection between ETs and the spirit world, after death world, or heaven? So, oh, yes. um, how, how does that connect? You know, what I mean, uh, you know, aliens versus angels and such. I mean, how, how do you think that connects, or how do you feel it connects? Okay. Well, a lot of this, um, these survey questionnaires, um, I asked these. I came up with the vast majority of these questions. Mm-hmm. And why? Because that's how these ETs presented themselves to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what what we're doing is not an abduction study like what everyone else has done in the past. What we're doing right. is something totally radically different. Now, once we started assembling these people that have have an interest in this field, people like Leo Sprinkle, uh, Mary Vondwell, Dr. John Klimo, um, we've had uh, Giorgio Piacenza, Rosemary Allen Guiley. Um, you, you probably know Rosemary because she's written many, many books on the paranormal. Um, and um, and Dr. Um, um, uh, Edgar Mitchell and Dr. Rudy Shields. What we found out was that all of these questions that I were posing were questions that, that they were also interested in because they've heard it from numerous experiencers, except it had not been an avenue of intellectual pursuit beforehand. Um, for example... One of the findings that we found out was that uh, everyone knew about this, but we just didn't have a, a research to back it up, was that there was uh, healing taking place with these ETs. Well, guess what? We found out that uh, 40% of the people who have had UFO-related contact have stated in our survey that they've had a medical healing, either on themselves or a family member, by these ETs. 40%, a huge That's- number. Okay. That's significant. And well, and you did. I mean, it, it, you you had that experience. W- w- yeah, w- exactly. That's why it was asked with our dog. And then once, uh, uh, that's why I put it in there. And when we find out, we found out through the woodworks, oh, I know this person that was healed, that person that was healed, several other major names. One is Reverend Michael Carter, who's an ordained minister in North Carolina. Uh, he's publicly told the story where this tall blue being uh, hit him with an object, like a, a, um, an instrument, knocked him out. He had just been released from the hospital where uh, he was tr- being treated for a blood clot. One leg was twice the size of the other, okay? Mm-hmm. It was swollen. And he had been in a lot of pain, and he was praying. And then uh, this blue being came, hit him with that instrument, knocked him out. When he woke up, he was completely healed, okay? Now, this is a man who has a, a, a master's degree in divinity, from the New York Theological Seminary, works full-time as a minister, has his own big congregation in North Carolina, okay, and he's been bold enough to publicly, you know, state this thing. Uh, There's also Chris Bledsoe, who had an event uh, also in North Carolina. Uh, There were five witnesses, and he had um, um, that disease of the intestines. Um, Crohn's disease? Yes, Crohn's disease, correct, okay. He'd been permanently disabled. He was collecting a disability check, okay, bedridden, okay. He was uh, uh, taken by these ETs aboard a craft for about seven hours, and he was returned completely healed, okay. Uh, Preston Dennett wrote a book 20 years ago titled UFO Healings, 
and it's a story of 208 UFO-related healings. Uh, and this is 20 years ago, okay? So, um, so now we want to be able to publicize this um, um, to talk about uh, the healing that's being done by these ETs, uh, which very few people know about, but it's 40% of these people. So these are just a few of these findings. The other connection that you mentioned before is the spirit world connection. Um, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> we found that there's a direct relationship with the spirit world, okay, with the ETs. Um, 25% of these individuals have had a near-death experience. And again, one out of four, that's a huge number, okay? You've seen a UFO, you've had ET contact, one out of every four of you has had a near-death experience. You know, huge numbers. We asked people about reincarnation. Again, it was like 85% of the people, you know, believe in reincarnation. Have the ETs told you about the spirit world or life after death? And it was a huge number. It was like close to 400 people. The ETs told them that they're somehow related with, with death, you know, uh, or, or the pre-birth, you know, of the spirit world. Um, can I go over some of these, um, some of these questions here about the spirit world? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We have like about 10 minutes left. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And for the entire interview or just for this section? Uh, we have about 10 minutes left for the entire interview. It's gone fast. We're going to have to have you back on. Okay. All right. For example, we asked them, have they had out-of-body experiences? 78% have had out-of-body uh, experiences. Okay. Um, uh, as I said, NDEs was a, uh, 358 people have had NDEs. Uh, we, uh, we, um, have you ever had a past life memory? 65% say yes. Okay. Do you have memories of you visiting or receiving a glimpse of heaven or what can be called the spirit world? 44%. Uh, do you believe that any of these ETs have performed a medical healing on you? Again, it was 462 people said yes. Um, we talked about, um, um, have they ever seen, um, whoops, what was that? You believe that there's an agreement between you and the ETs. It was 45%. Uh, have you been taken aboard a craft? Um, and, uh, the numbers were, uh, uh, 30%. Um, do you believe that there is a connection to, between the ETs and the paranormal? 89%. Uh, do you believe that there is a connection between ETs and the spirit world or after death? Okay, 83% said yes. Okay, wow. then there's another question that we asked. Uh, uh, do you believe that there's a connection between the ETs and reincarnation? 76% said yes. Okay, was any of this ET communication, okay, concerning life after death? Okay, 29%. 30% of the people said that the ETs told them about life after death. Okay. Hmm. Now, if that doesn't shock people, I don't know what the hell is going to shock people out there. <laughs> Here's another question. Did the ETs provide you message, a spiritual message to you? Okay. 54% said yes. It makes Did the ETs perfect give sense. you any, excuse me? It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, so it, it just, it, it, it logically follows that it's all connected because we all come from the same place and we all return to the same place. So why would there not be a connection? Because we're all... Well, what, what, what a lot of folks don't understand is that our, um, uh, according to the Big Bang calculations, okay, and again, many, many physicists, including, you know, Rudy, who that's a specialty, 
uh, do not believe in the Big Bang. That we're actually uh, it's it's um, repeated Big Bangs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but even with, with our current Big Bang, say that our universe is um, 13.8 billion years old. Okay, so let's say that there is you know at least one civilization out there that's a million years ahead of us. A million years. How much have we traveled, you know, uh, progressing technology-wise in the last hundred years? Okay, like as Edgar says, uh, his grandparents came out west in a covered wagon, and here he is, the grandchild going to the moon. Okay, that's just in a hundred years. So imagine some of these ETs are a million years ahead of us. What might their technology be? What might be their connection to the spirit world? What might be their ability to travel among different? Um, dimensions, different universes, for the end, for them to be able to, to travel into a spirit world, okay? Uh, I personally believe that the ETs that are seen in NDEs, near-death experiences, are highly advanced forms of, of ETs, you know? That might be a million years old. Why? Because they're uh, dressed like in monk's robe, just like people are seeing with some of the ETs here. Communication is telepathic. They're being shown visions of the past through the life reviews, versus the ETs show humans of what the future might look like on Earth, especially catastrophic uh, events. When people come back from, from heaven through an NDE, or when they come back from these direct communications with these ETs, um, they're very sensitive to electricity, okay? They have precognition skills. They have ESP skills. All of this has been thoroughly documented in the, uh, uh, that we've documented now in the ET literature and in the near-death experience literature. Uh, we have identified over 20 uh, extremely similar characteristics between both these two events. Plus, they're human-looking, okay? <laughs> and um, the vast majority of physicists now believe, uh, not, yeah, believe that, that there are multiple universes out there, especially all of the string theorists. Okay, so uh-huh. if we live in parallel worlds or multiple universes, why can't one of them be a spirit world? Exactly. Okay? ETs might be millions of years older than us. Why cannot they be, you know, uh, like like a uh, like an angel in terms of qualities? Okay, yeah. and we also know that there are many different types of 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 beings, you know, potentially hundreds of beings. Um, and, and again, we're just in the infant stage of trying to understand that. There might be a whole hierarchy of beings. There might be more, some of them might be more like us, only a few thousand years or 10 or 20,000 years ahead of us with our own vices, you know, as humans. Uh, some of them might be right underneath God consciousness, you know, uh, be truly seen as, as, as angels. Um, you know, these are all questions that remain to be untapped uh, by humanity if we survive that long <laughs> yeah there's there's the kicker right yep and that's yeah. the message that's given to us by these ets they're very concerned about our survival why are they so concerned about our survival because we're so self-destructive um because uh just look at world war ii how many millions were right. killed in world war ii um look at uh, nuclear power We've got the ability with a little drop of a little button to wipe out, you know, the vast majority of humanity. Um, um, there's also a lot of talk when people encounter these ETs about the vibration of humanity, of, of, of not um, uh, low vibration, of being very positive, anger-oriented, very scared-oriented. 
these uh, you know emotions that are considered by many of them to be primitive uh, emotions, and they have uh, difficulty trying to communicate at that level because of these energy frequencies are so diverse, and because our outlook, our vision, the way we see things is so barbaric. And Edgar, uh, and let me make a little quote before you know we finish. Uh, uh, Edgar has always stated to me, he says, Ray, we need to try to reach out and have relations with these ETs, uh, just like we have relations with our neighbor next door, because in the future, we might need their help for survival. Hmm. Well, that's sobering, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. <laughs> so um, what is, because you you said that you went from being this, you know, an, a rationalist atheist um, to where you are now to someone who knows what you know and that you have a mission and a message. So what is your personal mission and message? What do you hope that people get from the work that you're doing? Well, what we're trying to demonstrate is that what we believe is our reality is not what it is. That there, uh, in our group, we have five physicists associated with free. Uh, all of them except um, um, two uh, are not public because of the fear and ridicule associated with it. So we're trying to create an environment that makes it amenable for people to publicly talk about uh, not just ET contact experiences, but near-death experiences, all aspects of the paranormal. That indeed the paranormal is not, uh, uh, you know, paranormal. That it's very, very normal. Uh, right. That it's, uh, you could pick almost anybody and don't mention either themselves or a member of their families that's had a quote-unquote paranormal type of experience. Um, and that now modern science is now is at the point where they're a beginning to be able to, to discuss these things and for you to be able to understand it. And that there are various ways of piercing the veil and having uh, communications with these conscious sentient beings. And that they now should be looked upon holistically as all being one topic, one concept instead of separately. Um, and that we're just uh, beginning to, to understand what is consciousness. And that, uh, um, so it's, it's a dofold, uh, uh, multiple uh, uh, mission um, for the experiencer is to provide support and to encourage others to come out of the closet and to uh, begin to, to do, undertake documentaries. We didn't have a chance to talk about that um, and, and other projects to inform humanity that you're not going crazy, that these things are very, very real, they're very, very normal. And on the other hand, to actually start to do first ever uh, scientific academic um, comparative studies of people that are undergoing these uh, multitudes of, uh, uh, of, uh, of paranormal experiences to see what are the commonalities, what, what, what do they share, and then from uh, this uh, academic research study to begin to have a better uh, picture of how it's all interrelated, how it's all integrated. So um, FREE is, is a multidisciplinary group, which is, uh, is a mission, is really it's academic driven, it's academic study, but at the same time, we're here for the masses uh, to publish studies openly. All of our studies are gonna be uh, on our FREE website, uh, um, it's experiencer.org. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E-R.org. 
and we will open up on April 1st, and all of our data, together with hundreds of articles on consciousness and quantum physics and on the ET contact phenomenon, on near-death experiences, on experiences with orbs, on mystical meditation, um, uh, uh, remote viewing, ex- uh, shamanic journeys, uh, all of these topic areas will be integrated in our new website, experiencer.org. And I also encourage uh, individuals to take our survey, our uh, Experiencer Research Study Survey, Phase 1 survey. It will be on our website as of April 1st when we unveil. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say I bookmarked it because I am fascinated to see what you have when the website becomes available. Um, So any final parting thoughts or anything you'd like to share with the listeners before before we cut you loose here? Well, we, we do have um, um, an email. It's experiencer.co at gmail.com. It's experiencer.co at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook site, which is sort of a, a support site for uh, experiencers, mainly UFO-related contact experiences. But uh, almost everybody there, their main focus has been the paranormal. Uh, as you gather now, it's, it's um, totally integrated to the ET contact phenomenon. And it's a site where people can share their experiences, and the name of the site is Free Experiencers on Facebook, Free Experiencers. So come and, and check us out, and we don't tolerate people uh, talking nasty to each other, um, and uh, those people get banned. <laughs> so it's a site where you can openly discuss and share your experiences, and if you're not ready to share them, at least to, to learn from others. Wow. Yeah, I see that. I have that pulled up on my Facebook as well. So that's the Free Experiencers, uh, the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. Um, and again, the free, the free site is not the scientific component of free. That's just right. for the support for experiencers to chat with each other. We're going to be having the more scientific aspect uh, on the website when we launch on April 1st, experiencer.org, O-R-G. I am super excited about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to that site launching because I love things like quantum physics and talking zero-point field, and, and so I could talk to you all day. And I hope that you will, <laughs> uh, after the website launches, perhaps, will you come back and talk to us again? Oh, most definitely. It just flew by. You know, you it, guys made it, it really so uh, so easy. It was a conversation having a couple of beers. <laughs> Well, that's what we aim for. So, Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really fascinating, and I, I wish that I wish that we weren't out of time. Okay. No, thank you for the invitation, and uh, hello and good night to all your audience members. Good night. Thanks, thanks Ray. Thank you. Good, good night. Bye-bye. All right. There you go. That was uh, ridiculously fascinating, wasn't it? Uh, that's a whole lot of stuff to take in. <laughs> it's very, very real, brother. I don't know. Have you guys ever talked to people that have had UFO-related contacts? Yeah, we have people on the show from time to time who do, um, and and you know we try to cover the whole gamut of yeah, of yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And what I really like about what what you guys do and what Free does is that. Um, it's putting it all together because that's a conversation we often have on this show that, that there's connections between all of these things and you don't often see those things. So, so we really appreciate that. So we have well, a little bit well, of business to take, yeah. care, oh, to take care of here no, at the end well, of the show. Yeah. Um, 
But if you want to hang on, we would be happy to chat with you when we're done. You're welcome to listen to the end of the show, and we just need to wind up some things and tell people okay. what's coming. Well, what, what I can do is uh, if you could send me your emails, I could sure. send you um, the proposal for our documentaries. And um, one of them is really is a hardcore physics documentary on, on consciousness and the contact modalities. And then the other one is more of an experiencer-oriented, but again, being based upon hardcore physics explanations sure. of these experiences. Sure. Well, I'll have, Cheryl send you, I'll have Cheryl send you um, my email address because she's in contact with you, so that would be great. So, Cheryl, okay. is your mic on? I think I hear it on. Yeah, yeah. I just want to, before we do next week's business, I just want to say thanks to Ray for coming on. It was way too short. No, we didn't, we didn't, co we didn't cover nearly, nearly a fraction of the information that, that Free has and that you have. So hopefully but we can talk can to you again. Last month's Paranormal Underground, was it in March or Mar February? Uh, February's issue, we did a, a very short recap of the free study experiencer study so if you want to look at that it's in the february 2016 issue of paranormal underground magazine but i think uh you know if you go to the site uh, is it still up ray the uh, the um the uh the results are they still up on the site right now you may be able to get uh, more more data there too so yeah you know it's uh, we're, we're building our website right now that yeah, really is okay. the best place to get the uh, you know, the full data yeah. And all of our projects, really. Mm -hmm. But what I'll what I'll do, Cheryl, is um, um, goodness, I need to. If you could send me an email, I don't sure. know where I put your your email. I will. And then I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah. These documentaries really have the ability to totally transform uh, numerous fields, including the paranormal field, because now you're going to be having. Uh, it's going to be sort of like what the bleep, but on steroids. <laughs> Well, um, what the bleep awesome. was, was good, but it was, but it was, it was kind of quantum physics light. So I like the idea yeah. that's on steroids. Yeah, All this right, is so going to be experiencer oriented. Awesome. Okay, I will email you for sure, right. and then um, we will continue the discussion. Great. No, Steffi. Yes. Thank you once thank again, and good night, everyone. Thank good you. Night. Look forward Talk to having you on the show. All okay, right, Cheryl. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Um, now let's talk business. Business. Oh, okay. Business. Um, business. Yes, business. Um, next week, come back. Un unfortunately, our guest for next week had to reschedule, so we will not. We promoted Seth uh, last week. Um, Seth. Oh, Seth. Seth. Seth and um, Tristan can't come on next they week. They cannot. They cannot. There was a, Seth, Michael, and, and his producer for the documentary, Tristan and. For goodness sake, I don't have Tristan's last name, but uh, they had to reschedule. So we will be talking to them, just not next week. Yes, um, and it's about the documentary all around us. Yes, a very cool documentary. Um, and it's it really focuses on Seth and um, psychic work. Is that correct? Seth and his Psychic Friends Network. Yes. Um, yeah, and so aren't you in there too, Karen? I'm going to be yes, on it, yeah. Yes, woohoo! Yeah. Um, so they're going to be, let me see if I have a date. Yes, April 28th. So that show has moved to April 28th. Next week, though, we will be having someone on who we had to reschedule due to storm a few weeks ago. And that person is Gavin Lee Davies. He's the author of oh. A Most Haunted House. And the book that Karen is dying to talk about, Ghost Sex the Violation. And so <laughs> he is coming to us from the UK, and he, he has, um, his 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 uh, setup will be good to go, and so we will finally get to talk to uh, Gavin Lee Davies next week. Cool, very good. Yes. And do we have uh, you know like other future shows we want to talk about? And do we have yeah. magazine news? We do. You know all, um, all the 
stuff. Yes, sure. yes. Let's do that. Let's talk about. We have been gone for a couple of weeks, so right. yes. Um, so uh, March twenty fourth, we have Adam Kimmel and Rebecca Kirschbaum uh, from Resident Undead. Chuck, you recommended these these two guests uh, from Resident Undead, so um, looking forward to that. And um, then March 31st, we were talking about Camille Fay. She's the author of Voodoo Butterfly. And it's actually fictional, yet it's based on some real-life material. Um, and so we will be talking about some hauntings and good cool. stuff. And then uh, April, we have uh, Hiram Henderson, Director of Operations of Maryland Paranormal Research. Um, Chad Shimke, one of our favorite horror authors horror you said it fine <laughs> okay it, you guys always <laughs> joke when somebody i, I don't know anyway, okay no, april, it was rick. Rick oh always, it was rick okay rick always sounded like he was saying horror yeah that's true <laughs> all right april 28th seth we already talked about seth michael the wonderful seth michael and his producer tristan talking about the documentary all around us and then we go into may and we can talk about that next time since we're running short on time but i do want to say um to our listeners uh, if they want to check out the february issue of paranormal underground um march issue is almost ready but not quite uh go to paranormalunderground.net and check it out there if you want me to email you a free copy mid-month yet bob yeah that's right damn it no um if you want a free copy and you want to check it out, you haven't checked it out, you're interested, but you don't want to spend four ninety five on an issue, email me and I'll send you a free issue. Just say, can I have a free issue? And then I'll email it to you, a PDF of it, not a print copy, but a PDF. And uh, my email is editor at paranormalunderground.net. They could also send their dreams for interpretation to you there. Yes. Because I don't dreams. think I have any. I, I think no. I have one that I've interpreted, but that I haven't actually written into article form yet. Okay. So I'm kind of running low yeah. and you people don't want to get into my dreams because that's yes. what's going to happen if you don't send me your dreams. Yeah. Send them to Karen um, or send them to me, editor at paranormalunderground.net. And um, it can be an old dream. It could be a new dream. It could be a recurring be dream. A dream symbol. It can be, yeah. you know, I always dream about black helicopters. What does that mean? Right. And if you come to the Oregon Ghost Conference um, on Friday from 4 to 5, I am going to be the very first speaker at the conference this year. And I'm going to be actually giving a little dream interpretation workshop and helping, uh, telling people how they can do some things to interpret their own dreams. I'm going to give them some tools for interpreting dreams. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want you to still send me your dreams because I'm, you know, giving you some tools and putting you out there on your own. I'm just saying that, you know, give you a little help, give you a little push, little assistance. There you go. Hey, real quick, before we end the show, Bob had a question that's, well, we can't answer now. Let's, let's remember this for next time. Bob's question was how many alien spirits incarnate to human bodies to learn more about us? I think that we can incarnate between any form of, uh, any form of sentient life. I, okay. I think uh, so. You know, as a matter of fact, when I had my um, life between lives hypnotherapy, mm -hmm. that was one of the things that one of the questions that the hypnotherapist asked was, well, have you incarnated on other planets or in other worlds? And I was adamant that absolutely not. I did not do that, that a lot of spirits did. But I liked to come to Earth because it was a challenge and I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I was, I mean, just like, I, I was listening back to it recently. And I mean, God, I was like insistent. No. Oh my gosh. Wow. I come back to earth because it's hard. <laughs> Yay me. Maybe next time I won't. Yeah. Take Maybe it. next time I'll come back as an alien abductor. Wow. Mind blown, Karen. Do, do, do. Yeah. I know. Chuck, you've been so quiet. Is your mind blown? Are you going to lay awake staring at the ceiling? Uh, I was just listening and listening and listening and listening. listening. Wide eyes, clutching, looking up at the ceiling, thinking about the implications (laughs) of this conversation this evening. (laughs) I I have my own views on what he talked about and stuff. It was interesting, you know. Um, Yeah, it was interesting. All right. Yes, very good. Very (laughs) good. And I like when we have a guest like Ray because... um, we don't have to work real hard. <laughs> uh, no. And I'm good with that. I, I love guests that I don't have. You know, every once in a while, we'll, usually our guests are great, but every once in a while we'll get one on and they give yes or no answers to like open-ended yeah. questions. You know, and you have to work really hard to get, keep the conversation going. And, and it was really easy with Ray. Like I say, we could have gone on for several more hours. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners would have enjoyed that. <laughs> Well, it was fascinating. Um, the study is very oh, yeah. comprehensive. I, it's just really intriguing. Some of the, the things that, that have been correlated into the study, mm-hmm. you know, the afterlife. And, perfect sense to me. Yeah, contact, near-death experience, contact, you know, all these other correlations. Oh, Bob said he liked the show. Well, we liked the Thank show, you. too. I, I I would love to have Ray back on as a guest um, probably several more times because, you know, we only have two hours. Yeah. Why is he saying something about donuts? Did I miss something? Or? Oh, is it, there is donuts. Donuts. I don't know. Do you know, know how long it's been since I've had a donut? I don't think I've had a donut in like two and a half years. You're making me hungry. I had a donut. I had a donut when we went to the Mind Body Spirit Expo afterwards because my, my sister in law goes in town and they go, we'll oh, get, get coffee. And then I'm like, oh. they went to Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, no, you can't take me here. And then I saw one of those, uh, what do they call them? French crullers or something? Crawlers. Like that. And they had, oh, and they had chocolate on it. I was like, oh. yeah. I had, you know I had to have one. It's, it's uh, French crullers are made from cream puff dough that you deep oh fry. My God, that was so it's good. It's called pate à choux or choux paste. <laughs> So I said, this is why it's called what? Pate a choux, C H O U X, or choux paste. Pate a choux. Pate a choux, and you deep fry it. That's how you make. That's how you make French curlers. Well, we need to stay the heck out of Dunkin' Donuts because otherwise, I'll just go right back to where I was. <laughs> and if you boil it, that's how you make French gnocchi. What? No French gnocchi. It's, uh, it's it's a type of pasta. Oh, okay. I am a. I am. Cooking genius. Let's yes, just I know. leave it. At you know all the cooking all stuff. Right. I just looked at the clock. Guess what, guys? Time to go. Time no to go. Stuff. All right, guys. Come back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. in Illinois, and other times in other states. Notice I didn't mm-hmm. say five. For, oh, I just did. Oh. <laughs> oh. And we want to thank you all for joining us here after two weeks off. We're sorry that we left you hanging for two weeks. Thank you for joining us tonight at Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. For all of us, good night. Good night. Night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place, 
or doesn't feel quite right. It could just be something paranormal. <laughs>